Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Joel Elston here. It is Thursday, April 20th, 2017, and Joel, uh, my sister-in-law, as you know, stepped in the last few weeks uh, in your absence, but I'm really glad to have you back. I'm glad that uh, you've been able to take care of personal affairs, and I-, I can't tell you how much I've been missing having you here. Well, you know, as I tell you, Walt, first of all, thank you very much, and as I, we say every week, I I love doing this show, and, um, you know, I... I would not miss it unless it were for something that just really was something I couldn't avoid. And, um, and, and many people that, that I know that know me on Facebook and also listen to our podcast, uh, know my mother passed away unexpectedly mm. a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, that was a very difficult time. And, um, my sister and my father, uh, live in Florida and my mother who had never been sick and always very healthy, uh, j- just passed away, and it was uh, something we had to go deal with. Uh, but at the same time, I, 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 you know, thought about the show. Even I said, you know, boy, I miss doing the show because it's always such a positive reinforcement. My law of attraction uh, thoughts never changed. Uh, I miss my mother horribly, as as I can imagine anyone who's lost a mom already knows. It's something that that first day that you don't have your mother with you is, uh, you know, I, I, I always call, I would call and tell her about things. Mm. And uh, it, it, it's, I've had a couple of moments, I really need to call mom and tell her that. And uh, so, so those are the normal things that come along with it. But as I, I do with uh, death in general, I, I tend to look at the, the joy and the amazing things. I am not the man today without my mother. And I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the person she is and, and all she brought to the table for me. And uh, uh, we didn't always see eye to eye on everything, but there was never a doubt in my mind that she always loved me and had my best interest at heart. So uh, I miss her, but appreciate the lessons she taught me. Well, on behalf of all of our listeners, our hearts go out to you and our joy goes out to you too for the celebration of her life because she had a tremendous influence among other things. She brought you into the world. That's a pretty big thing all by itself. Well, it, it, it depends on when you join the party. But that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, over the last years, I can see where that's a positive. But, uh, she she really uh, she really is amazing. And one of the things that that's sort of coinciding with all of this is uh, I don't know exactly where I left off with with uh, you personally or with our audience before. But um, you know, I've I've do life coaching and addiction recovery coaching for a long time. And I implemented the law of attraction into the the field in a way that that few people, if anyone was doing it, uh, and had great success doing it. And one of my dear friends, uh, a Dr. Sherman Master, who I speak about a lot in my book, The Bench, and several of my colleagues that used to work with me at a treatment center, um, notified me in October that they were opening up uh, an outpatient treatment center. And they asked me as I was, if I was interested in joining them. And I said, no, I love what I'm doing, but I would love to do some groups and some occasional, some of their more difficult clients work with them. And, and I did that. I ran groups for a while uh, and really enjoyed doing it. And, and they were very receptive to my law of attraction kind of concept. Which is a fantastic uh, thing all by itself. Right. And so... They approached me uh, 
probably, again, the timing of this is a little off. I, I don't remember the exact date, but they approached me and they said, look, we really need you here more. Would you consider taking over as director of the recovery coaches, the director of the recovery program? The title was director of recovery services. And I said, yes, I, I would if you'll allow me to work half days. I could be director, work half days, and still maintain my private practice. That was my goal at the time. So, uh, well, I really love this group of people. This is an incredibly supportive environment. Um, one of the things that I think happens with the law of attraction is, and I'm desperately trying not to sound arrogant here, Walt, but within a few days, it, it's just everybody, I was the boss. I, I'm not because I was, it, it's just that positive way of uh, working with people. People gravitated toward me. So it, 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 the role quickly. It, it fell into do, place is what you're saying. It just fell into did, place. And I was doing much more than, I, I was really helping on all departments. And, and they, while they have incredible talent, we have three uh, addiction specialist medical doctors, which are, are very rare to have an addiction practice, much less three of them. Mm. Uh, so we're, we're really blessed there. We have some great people, but they didn't have a lot of uh, organization. And they were, uh, and, and I, I was getting a lot done with the time I was there. And they called me into the office randomly one day after about a week of being in that part-time position. And they said, uh, we really, we have been looking for a COO of the company for a while. We have a headhunter looking and we've been talking and why are we looking for someone when somebody who already knows the job is here? <laughs> um, would you consider taking it? And it, it caught me off guard and it means giving up most of my private practice. I will maintain a small, I will keep a, a separate office and see some people on a, a smaller basis, but I won't be doing what I was doing. Mm. Um, but it also frees me up to, you know, work on my, my books. Uh, I have a couple books I want to get finished and it, it frees me up to implement this law of attraction concept on a much larger scale than I was able to do as an individual. It, it, there's a lot of benefits, so I accepted the role. So the law of attraction piece of all this is is all this incredible stuff, even in the midst of the turmoil and the, the loss with my mom, this other stuff just kept building and still continues to build. So my life continues to go forward. I have a my foster son. I have a new foster son that I've had a while. He's been with me a little over six months now. He's doing wonderfully. Uh, we're we're looking at all kinds of options for him. He probably will become an official adoptive placement soon. Uh, so this is a wonderful life I have going on, and the law of attraction allows me to see that and more great stuff. And even with a major loss like my mom, the fact that I'm still able to, to, to vibrate at this level and feel it, I find that just, it, it, it really feels amazing, Walt. You know, I, I imagine there are people hearing this who would, who would have trouble with it. I know that myself, I would have had trouble with that concept even three or four years ago. I mean, not that I, I wouldn't have been able to understand it, but it, it would have just jarred me. Where I'm at right now, it just seems like it's natural. It seems normal. <laughs> so I guess maybe right. I'm moving in the same direction too. But uh, the the I guess the thought that comes to my mind is the most comprehensive way I know of to describe how the law of attraction gets applied consistently in one's life is when one is in a place where 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 we're not in where we're not at war with life, where we're not at war with others, we're not constantly you know in struggle against other people and what they're doing and how they're living their lives and how their lives are impacting us and all this other stuff we're simply focusing on our own stuff 
uh, we're doing it in a way that is friendly with others. We're doing it in a way that is, you know, compatible and is, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a war against everybody. It's a, it's a, an activity with other people or perhaps in parallel with other people. But the point is that all the struggle with other stuff is removed. And I think it's particularly, well, first of, all, first of all, it's ironic. And second of all, it's laudatory that you are working in a field where you are dealing with people who are struggling constantly with their struggles against other people. And you are able to maintain your focus in such a way to help them and also to maintain your own personal focus and look what's coming out of it. I don't know if I'm being coherent as I'm saying that, but to me, what I'm seeing from you is amazing. Well, thank you, and and, and I, I don't want the audience to think I'm, you know, those that have struggled, watched me struggle over the years, and some of the challenges and the evolution of all this. Uh, it 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 isn't. It, this didn't come by anyone's definition of easily. I mean, this is a a, a journey that got here that. It has gotten easier as I've learned that I didn't need to struggle against it. Uh, but, but you know, the, I lost my son TJ uh, a few years back, and that was a very devastating moment. Mm. But a lot of the lessons that I learned when I lost him applied with my mom. I, I, I did, I'm not running for the feelings. I'm not stuffing the feelings. They, my feelings are real. They're legitimate. And there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing negative about grief unless you make it negative. And, and so that's, that, that's, that's a point I really want you to hammer right here, yeah. that there's no, no, there's no reason not to feel grief. It's just don't feel negative about it. Right. It, you know, you, you have uh, you've bristled at some of this in the past when I've mentioned some of my my definitions, what I do in with definitions of words. But, you know, like to me, failure is victory. Failure is is succeeding. Failure is I've redefined failure to me. Failure is not a negative connotation in my life. Somebody says, Joel, you're a failure. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm really am. I'm, I'm stepping it up. <laughs> I, I, I try to fail every day. Uh, and, and that shows you I'm trying. And, and so I, I can redefine things. And for me, you know, I, what I try to do is what is the human body trying to do? What did nature intend in the grief process? So it obviously serves a purpose. And so instead of fighting all that and, and, def, and defining it as negative, you know, I felt my grief. I cried when my mom died. I, I, I thought of the great things I, I did. And then I chose to focus you know, those thoughts, those pervasive thoughts after you lose someone, you, you you can either focus on their loss or you can focus on the the gain. You can focus on the, the gain of what they gave you, the joy that they bro- brought to you, all of that. You, you, you have all of that ability to focus on. And and I that's what I choose. Which is the best thing to choose for certain. I know that my own experience, I, you, you talked about uh, quite a bit, of course, about the passing of your mom. It made me think back some, uh, I guess it's nine years ago that my father passed. He passed nine years ago in March. And it was the interesting thing, the perhaps amazing thing about what happened during that time from my perspective to me is that I did all my grieving before he died. Mm, yes. Which, yes. which is still astonishing to me to this day. I mean, that's not the, the, the normal order of things. Normally you lose the person and then you grieve. I did all my grieving before he died. And when he died, I felt great. And and I'm still having trouble figuring out how that works. I mean, it, I don't question it. I don't doubt it because it's certainly the way I experienced it. But 
why is it that I feel, feel it that way and other people feel it the opposite? I don't get it. I well, mean, it, it's there. Yeah. I, I just don't know what to make of it. Well, and, and, and I think, first of all, one of the simplest, simplest answers that I try to let everyone know is I, I, I believe everybody has an individual way they grieve. Everybody has their... The, the way they feel emotion, the way they process emotion, the way they do it. The concept that there's a universal grieving process is wrong. Yeah, I think you're right uh, about that. Yeah. You know, you, you have it has to match where you're at. It, again, where when when I focus on all of the 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 positives, when I focus on every that's what's happened in my life. There was a time when all I focused on was the loss, the negative, what I had lost in life and, and the, the, the horrible life that I was living in. And I kept inviting more of that. So that's I, I would have grieved differently during that period mm. than I'm grieving now. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's just a, an, an awakening that I, I insist on redefining grief. Grief is, instead of fighting grief, Grief is a necessary component of, of the human condition, and you get to figure out what that means to you, but but why, you know, me breathing isn't a negative thing. Uh, me, you know, if I get sick and, and uh, my, my body, if I were to, hope nobody's eating dinner, if I were to throw up or something along the line. Uh, th- that, okay, we should that, put up a disclaimer before we start the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No telling what Joel's going to say tonight. Uh, but that that's my body keeping itself healthy and safe. Uh, the, the act is not necessarily uh, exciting, uh, but it's the, 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 it's part of the process of being a human. So the idea that, that I just look at it from that perspective and, and, and with all the other stuff going on, all the positive stuff going on, that's, that's the, the, the thing that just, you know, I know I'm still here and I, and, and though the fact that I know my mom would demand that I go forward. She would not be remotely interested in, in seeing me fold or, 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 or lose a week or two or three or four and, and, and stuck in the loss process. And she, she would insist that I move on mm-hmm. as I would insist my children would, would move on and say, you know, you know, the way I lived that let's, let's don't get stuck on this. Let's, you know, that that's, that's about life's, this journey is about the life that's happening now. So, uh, yeah. So, so the grief process doesn't have to be, again, in my definition, it has always been grouped into the negative stuff. Grieving is just one of the ways that the human condition manages something. It's like sweating. It's just something that goes along with that. It's a, it's a response that the body comes up with. I think it's a protective response. I mean, we, we, it is a trauma to lose someone. You, you, uh, you know, the, the idea that somebody's in your life and all of a sudden they're gone, especially, you know, it, it, it dawned on me for 55 years, there's never been a day that I've woke up until the day after my mom died without her on the planet. Uh, and that was, and, and you can say, well, that applies a lot of things, but that was my specific person, so to speak. Sure. Uh, and, and so it, it's, it, it, it's, it's all part of my journey. And as all this other stuff unfolds in a very positive way, I'm excited to hear that. And you I'm should excited. be. You yeah. should be. There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah. By the way, it, it made me, as we're talking about this, it made me think back some more to that time when I lost my father. Um, I guess it was a week after that. Uh, we had a memorial service, not, not a funeral, a memorial service. And uh, my, my mother, my sister, my brother, uh, my wife, and 
my niece all met with the minister um, before the, the memorial service. And we're sitting in this room, and it's all kind of quiet. Nobody's really saying much of anything. And it finally dawned on me why we were there. We were there because he was there to comfort us. Now, this little peculiarity that I have, Joel, about having grieved before rather than after doesn't just apply to me. Apparently, it's a family trait. So we were all feeling really great. And the minister didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> he had never experienced that before. So there's another example, another uh, iteration, if you will, of how grief doesn't play out according to norms because it was very abnormal from his perspective. In fact, when, when he did his, uh, his little, I guess you, you can't call it a sermon. I'm not sure exactly what it is, his, his uh, recognition of my father's life. When he did his piece on that, he kept talking about how great our level of faith was as a family and how, how much faith had been instilled in us by our parents. And my brother and sister and I were laughing because none of us are churchgoers. <laughs> none of us participate in any way, shape, manner, or form on a regular basis in organized religion. But I guess you could honestly say we did have faith because we were joyful. We felt very positive that he was in a great place and, and that all the suffering was gone. And I think that's part of the reason why I, I felt like the grieving was past. I, I mean, that's my best explanation, explanation but uh, it, it was a strange place to be. And, and I get that. that, that is, that's right along with what I'm, what I'm talking about of, of your individual way of doing it and, and feeling it. And that, that's the idea. I think society has for a long time uh, tried to, to normalize or, you know, take apart or put everything in little boxes. Yeah. And if one thing's telling me that the human condition is different the, for everybody, the human, mm -hmm. my, my journey is much different than, than other people's journey. And I, uh, to, to expect me to respond the same way, you know, that that's what I'm, you know, I'm working with children. A lot of the, a lot of the work I do with foster care children is, is, and why I'm successful is I get the fact that you're trying to apply normal psychological beliefs to an illogical, Ill, not normal situation. Uh, it, it, you know, the psychological models of what is normal is built on people being brought up in a certain environment with certain backgrounds and certain type things. So when you, you try to apply that same normal to someone who has anything but a normal upbringing, it, the results look skewed. I always try to meet people where they're at with what they're dealing with. And the, the one universal that I've always found, even short of them being the most disordered people on the planet, I have found that that common positive uh, connection piece is a universal connector. Mm. Yes. Yes. And There's a thing about positivity, which is that positivity is an affirmation of what feels good. And because it's an affirmation of what feels good, when we're feeling positive, we're feeling good, and we're experiencing good. We're experiencing life in a good way, no matter what's going on, which is one of the themes you've, you've you know, referred to over and over again. No matter how much struggle you have, if, you, if you're looking at it in a positive way and it feels good, you get good results. And it yeah. doesn't matter what the struggle was. Well, and, and that that's one of my, my definitions of, of sort of, of change. Struggle for me is good. I, I it, it, Nothing I've ever had that's worth having has been, didn't require me to struggle. Struggle is not a bad thing. Suffering now, that's an entirely different topic. But struggle, 
means yes. At, when when I was when I accepted this new position and I'm I'm putting my team together and I'm I'm trying to explain what you know we have an overwhelming amount of work and organization we must do. I mean it's incredible. Mm. It, it, there, it's impossible to do what I'm asking these people to do when you look at the whole picture. But when we break it down into individual tasks and each team addresses what they want to do, we will struggle through this. But the struggle will strengthen us, and, and, and so I'm helping them redefining that. Mm -hmm. Don't don't fear this struggle. It, let's embrace the struggle. Understand the struggle is what will train us. Uh, I I and I tell them. I said you 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 never fear ever fear any of my response of you failing. As I said earlier, you failing is signs that you're trying. Always worry or be concerned about not trying. That's yes. where your concern is. Oh, absolutely. And, I agree with that 100%. In fact, yes. when I notice that I'm not trying, I get I, I get distraught about myself. Yes. Because that's really the worst sign of all. Oh, it is. It is. That that's when things are are you know, so so that's when things are really on the bad side when you're not even trying. So this this ongoing challenge that that you know, as I continue this journey and as I'm witnessing it, other people that are are being exposed to this journey, and I, I love the fact, while I, I I enjoyed meeting with the 35 to 45 people I was meeting with on a, a weekly basis before, I really you know I, I'm running groups now. I'm meeting a whole different, but I mean, there I'm I'm able to address a lot more people. Uh, and I'm finding that that universal, almost a complete universal, at least attraction to the concepts of the law of attraction when presented right, it, it's it's pretty amazing. I, I have to ask you, do some of those 35 or so people that you would see a week, have some of them joined the program in some sense? Yes. I What, what, what we've done, because I truly didn't want to... I, I didn't want to just anybody that you know. I'm referring the ones that can be referred or willing to be referred to other coaches, and that think similar to me. There's some that I've trained, so they're really good. And I'm hoping they can do that. But the ones that are just uh, a match, this company clearly, clearly had a, has a deep heart when they decided. Look, you can still see your private patients. They'll just become our client, and you'll be the only person they see. Uh -huh. and, uh, and so they they adapted that. And I think I have like like nine or ten that have taken us up on that. Oh, good. So they'll be able to continue and and in uh, in that journey that they they've begun because so many of them had not been successful at their their journeys. And like I said, I I, I am seeing a few people, uh, you know, j just especially some of the younger people. Uh, my a lot of my pro bono work is again with foster care, and I just can't. Uh, you know, I can't just let those go. So until right. I, I'll be super busy for a while, and then I'll just be normal busy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But 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 all that's good. I'm, I'm blessed with unlimited energy and plenty of, of strength and spirit. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm able to keep going, and 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 I find it invigorating. The, the harder I push, the the more energy I have. So I'm I'm excited about everything going on, and that is taking into account this this bizarre three week period that included being appointed or accepting a role of COO and losing my mom in the same period. Yeah, that, that's really an amazing confluence of events, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm, I'm also thinking about those eight, nine, or ten or so who are coming with you and, in a sense, being a part of the program. I mean, all that you've been able to help people through your private practice has been amazing, but I, I just have this feeling, this intuitive sense 
that when these eight, nine, ten people uh, are seeing you in the context of this larger enterprise, in some way, I think they're going to get affected or sucked in or included in other stuff going on there. And it's probably going to have effects on them beyond what your wildest dreams could have been for them while you were in private practice. Well, and, and what I love about where I'm at and, and uh, the, the the company is very, very open to the my ideas. They uh, these are medical doctors. It's very unusual for medical doctors. Even my, my a lot of my holistic thinking and and my they're 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 very open to all of that. So the fact they're willing to put it out there and and work with me on any level. Uh, there's one doctor that didn't know me, and while he was always very kind uh, when he was there, I, I think he probably said now. Who is this man? What 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 is his? Who? Why is he here? Why, why are we and, listening to this guy? <laughs> yeah, why are we listening to this guy? And so he came to me the other day, and he and he said, um, "I have four patients that I have not been able to get through to. Would you consider seeing them?" And that meant a lot. Mm. That meant something like, "Wow, uh, you you." And, and I said, "Of course I will. Thank you. That's an honor to be able to do that, and I'll give everything I have to helping them." But the fact he acknowledged that there's value in that, and uh, he's asked some questions, and and you know we we talked about uh, you know epigenetics and and the various stuff attached to that. Uh, he's fascinated by those concepts. So the the idea that this could become, it, and with the, the it, you know the addiction being our main focus, and the the just crazy uh, explosion of addiction in our country, especially to. Uh, opiates and opioid uh, um, type drugs this uh, it's growing at a rate I look at it we could have you know we're we could have 10 centers across the country you could have as many centers as we want oh sure and uh, and if we're able to use these concepts and incorporate the positive law of attraction uh, uh, way of, of dealing with on top of the other stuff, this is a way to get that out there in a way I never thought possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. The the thing that is, it, it's kind of the, the the elephant in the room that we can't quite touch here, but we're trying really hard to touch it, is that there is a transition going on. Maybe one way to touch on it is by looking at it from the perspective of the medical community. Because medicine today particularly here in the United States, has been going through some really rough times over like the last, I'll say, five to ten years, um, partly because of changes in, in government programs, partly because of, of, of new things happening within the field of research. Uh, basically, a whole lot of the tenets of modern medicine are being challenged on all fronts. Yes. And what's fascinating is how there is a significant, I, I, I don't dare say majority because I don't know for sure, but there is a significant uh, plurality of people in the medical community who are recognizing that what they are taught is not enough and that it's time to pay attention to other stuff, and they're doing it. Many of them are embracing fields that you know, 10, 15 years ago would have been considered you know, treasonous. And today, I mean, you, you, you can actually find somebody who's both a medical doctor and an ND, a naturopath, 
And and that was considered unbelievable 20 years ago. Today, it's almost normal. So, I mean, there's this transition going on that's astonishing. Well, and, and I, I know a, a, a guy that's he's he's an oncologist and he he's a great guy and has a huge practice. And, and so we were talking the other day and, and I, I was shocked. I was totally shocked by some of his questions he was asking me. He said, well, you know, what about, what do you think about this? Or, you know, if you had cancer, what would you do? And, and now he's not an oncologist asking me all this stuff. Wow. And, and, uh, and I, and I, I, it never dawned on me. And I said, well, if you're, you are an oncologist, what would you do? <laughs> and he said, I'd probably call you. Wow. Really? Yeah. And I said, well, I, I, I'm not qualified to do that. And he said, no, he said, I, he said, I, I, I see this, and he said it's it's not uh, it's not good, and and he said that the, the he said I, I I you know the long time the concept is you were to kill all the to kill all the bad stuff in your body you got to kill a lot of the good, and you got to hope there's more good than bad and that that's what comes out, he said but you know the idea of building up the good and letting it defeat the bad is very intriguing to me. And, uh, wow. and, and so the, the idea that, that he's, cause he's been picking my brain for a while and I didn't know what I, you know, so, and he said, I'm not saying I wouldn't do some of the stuff I'm, 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 you know, he said, if I, if I had a piece of cancer in my stomach, I'm probably gonna have it cut out. Let's just start with that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he said, but I'm, I don't know if I'm doing all the other stuff. He said, pro- I might let my body attack it after I cut it out. So it was, it, you know, and that's one person, but you're, you're seeing that, that change, that acceptance, and and you know one of the things that happened when Einstein's theories, when some of the the, the idea of of his stuff was proven with some uh, you know some certainty now, a lot of what was a theory has been proven with him now, and that the unintended consequences of that it it sort of supported this quantum thinking, this uh, the epigenetic version of things that not everything is set. Uh, it's not not as we we always do that the the DNA responds to uh, your your reality and and that was unheard of for a long time and it's still unheard of yes I mean it's not something that's been readily accepted by the entire medical community there's still a lot of resistance but oh, you're right the, the the amazing thing is the degree to which it has been accepted yes yes and it it there's always that miracle you know we we mentioned uh uh dr joe depenzia he he shares in his book uh a couple of his books he had a severe biking accident and his back was broken in multiple places and he he went to several doctors and they they were all like we need to put these titanium rods and fuse your spine and he's like no i want to heal my spine and everybody laughed and said that's not possible yeah (laughs) And uh, what he did was he 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 said no it's it it certainly is possible he said I, I'll figure out how to do it and so he edu- and he's already a doctor but he 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 took great lengths of studying that to understand how a bone heals what mm-hmm. happens in a bone healing and he learned the, even the 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 exact names of all the chemicals necessary to you know and 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 so what he would do is spend hours lying in bed envisioning his back healing, naming the chemicals that were going to the to the exact area of the spine that needed healing. And he did that for hours, for months, and he healed his spine. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, my intuition says 
He wasn't trying to study all that in order to have the studying do the healing. No, 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 no. He he needed to name it. He said, he said it. it he said I could have probably done it with just saying, okay, the chemicals that are going to repair my 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 bone. I need you to go do that. But he said I wanted to call them out specifically. I wanted to walk my body through the process of of knowing that I'm expecting this to happen, and and it 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 did. That's really something. <laughs> yeah, and so so. But it's, it's know, something on a couple levels. First of all, it's something that he had that much faith. Right. He had that much belief that it was going to happen. That that alone is just really remarkable. I mean, I I aspire to that level of faith. And secondly, that he, he somehow realized this was going to work. Yes. Yes. Without that, the training, that's the thing I'm saying. Without we yeah. we have a certain degree of training, you and I and others who follow and practice this concept of the law of attraction. But I don't get the impression he really had that. He worked outside he, of it. He worked outside of it and then understood what he was doing from the out the other way. He, right. He came to it from another angle, but but came to the same discovery. Which, and, by the way, is is the the epitome of proof. It, to me, that's that's the, the, that is the proof, and 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 there's a lot of people that that you know don't like this story, and it, it doesn't you know it, it doesn't fit the narrative that that a lot of people like, but you know the 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 concept that uh, the brain can regenerate that's now a fact. That was a theory for a long time. Yeah, the brain can develop new neurons, the, the neuroplasticity in the brain, the brain can heal. And and that again is something that changes everything. And and even within addiction medicine, one of the taboos for years has been you never can cure an addiction. You can arrest it, but you're always going to be an addict. One of the and most way, one of the most fascinating things that I've seen on YouTube, and, and this has a morbid side to it, so forgive me for that. But there was a video I saw pointed out to me by, by my sister-in-law of. It, it was I, I don't remember if it was MRI, but it was some kind of medical technology for scanning. And they were able to view and to create imagery on a screen from this, this scanning that was done of a man's brain, or I'm not sure if it was a man, man or a woman, a person's brain at the moment that this person was dying. This is a person who had a terminal disease, and they had signed over... Uh, basically saying we allow you to, I'm going to allow you to perform this last surgery so you can have a look at what's going on in the brain in the last moments of my life and what they saw at the moment just before the person died was a neuron being born wow now you think about that there there were two things that were just really amazing first of all I was seeing a moving neuron in a YouTube video that alone was stunning. And it was actually moving and growing, and you could see the little tentacles reaching out, trying to connect on to the next neuron. And the second thing was that it happened just before the organism died. Wow. That's amazing. That's astonishing. Yeah. In fact, one thought that came to me long after I saw that was, I was seeing just one neuron. You know what that suggests to me? If that's what happens at the moment before death, during life, there must be lots of neurons being built. This oh, is yeah. this is an end of life thing. If you're in the middle of life, the neuron growth must be instantaneously happening, second to second. 
if, if we saw that same brain scan, of course, you wouldn't be able to do it because you'd be killing the host in order to do this particular kind of scan they were doing. But if you could actually see it during a person being in full force of life, it probably would have been this amazing cascade of neurons being born and growing and extending and reaching out and so forth. And when you imagine that picture, how could the brain not basically completely reheal itself, reproduce itself? How is that not possible? Exactly. And that that's where we're going with, you know, we, we, you and I have talked since we've been talking about the law of attraction, you know, from when we first met to, to this, just what has changed since we started talking is impressive. What, what has been accepted, what's been discovered yes. since, and, and that the, the idea that, that we as human beings create our own reality, uh, by by how we view what we bring about all that stuff all the different techniques that we talk about intentional or unintentional we create that and for so long that and and there's people that just still just that idea is actually just incredibly difficult for them to understand Mm. they they don't like it but i'm seeing more and more i'm seeing more lives change i'm seeing more people that chronically were living a certain way that no longer are chronically living that way. I had a, I had a, a, a lady even at this new place the other day, and she's a, a 70-year-old lady, and she had uh, unintentionally became, became, and I guess nobody ever intentionally becomes dependent on something, but she was on uh, uh, Xanax. Her doctor had prescribed it for years. Well, she did not know that's one of the most addicting substances on the planet, mm. and, and so she was trying to get off of it, and she can't sleep. And she she has created this almost suicidal tendency. She she I, I don't know what I'm gonna do if I can't sleep. I'm gonna go crazy. And what she was doing is she was lying in bed, and she all she, the moment she laid down, she was worried about not being able to sleep. Right. And that went on for months. The doctors tried all these different combinations of things. So I I got hold of her, and and I said, don't go to sleep. <laughs> she's like well what do you mean i said why why are you laying in bed and not sleeping I said, why don't you write a book why don't you do some journaling why don't you can some peas or whatever people do that are your age it sounds like can and peas sounds good uh and 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 you know just stay up and let the body get exhausted don't don't fight it and and she looked at me sort of like well well i, I what won't that make me sick i go no, you lying in bed every night worrying about not sleeping. You're talking about killing yourself. That's that's a bar that's pretty high. Why yeah. don't we go the other way? And she said, well, what about all this meds? I said, you don't need all that stuff. Just, just. I said, I promise you, you do two things. Work in your garden, go to the gym or whatever you need to do. Get some movement. Wear your body out. And, and do not lay down until you're exhausted. And she said, okay. Three days later, she goes, I'm cured. No kidding. Yeah. She said, I, I, she said, I didn't sleep at all the first night, and I was sort of worried. She said, no, it didn't matter. She said, I'm still awake, still able to function, stayed up all that day. That evening, I've started doing some stuff. She said, well, I'll just stay up another day. It doesn't matter. And she said, about 11 o'clock, she said, oh, I'm exhausted. She said, no, I'm going to stay up another hour, do some more work. Finally, at midnight, she laid down. She slept for nine straight hours. Wow. Good for her. That's and fantastic. It, 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 it's just, but but again, she quit fighting it. That's yeah. what we do. What areas of our life are we fighting? Is it financial? 
a lot of times. Sure. You know, that that's that same Although, battle. you know what? I'm also discovering something else about that, especially when it's financial, because for me, it has been financial for the last year or so. Well, more than that, for a few years. But what I, I've been discovering recently is that there's something behind it. That's the best way I can think of to describe it. There's something behind the worry about the financial and that it's not financial. It's something else. And, and I'm still not really clear what that something else is. The best that I can describe it right now is that it's a dread of things staying the same. Mm, okay. And it certainly makes sense to me that if on some level I'm dreading that things will stay the same, then I am focusing on things staying the same. And the law of attraction teaches me that, guess what? Things will stay the same. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, yeah. I, I don't have a full picture on this one yet. So I, I don't know that I have the whole thing, but at least it, it gives me a direction to look at and to start trying to give myself a different focus. And that feels at least a little bit good. Right. And, and what, one of the one of the things that I, I was speaking with a gentleman in uh, Portland that does a lot of the uh, has the same beliefs we do. And, and he what he does is when he's working with someone who is unable to really get out of that financial stuff, he, he makes them say, what is being broke doing for you? And uh, yeah. of, of course, their first reaction is, oh, my God, nothing is driving me crazy. He says, OK, well, that's doing something. That's right. So. It, it, what is it doing? Let's let's look at what it's doing for you. It is occupying your mind. It's having you focus. So it's it, it's it's filling up. It's it's keeping you from doing other things. It's creating stress. It's doing a lot for you or to you. Well, well, more precisely in my case, it's giving it's giving me a way to give myself permission to continue to focus on the dread that nothing's going to change. Right, right, and that. That's that's the, the 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 idea that you're you're redundantly uh, that you're you're in a redundant pattern that will never change, and you've tied the financial piece to that. You're somehow you're viewing the financial piece as what's keeping you stuck, and so you're it, it that becomes tied in, and that's where that law of attraction piece works so com in such a complicated manner, because it's not just about trying to manifest money; it's trying to stop manifesting the other stuff it's the the unintentional stuff you're bringing to yourself and certainly a big piece of it is learning what it is that i'm doing that i don't want to do so that i know what it is i'm moving away from you can't move away from something until you know what it is you're moving away from exactly <laughs> exactly and and that that that's just that that piece of the the, the as we move forward as you make your journey is that as we all go and the new revelations and the new discoveries in the law of attraction, how to use it more efficiently, I, I, I can't wait to see what's next, the way it's worked in my life so far. It, it's uh, now, now, the only question is, can you stand the pace? Because the last few weeks, your pace has been pretty severe. I, yes. I, I would think you probably need to slow it down just a tad. Not a lot, just a tad. Yes, yes. And and that that's the thing. The, the, the pace of all this has uh in fact I, I made that question because there's uh there there's a two or three issues that are sort of brewing out there that you know I really can't discuss on the on the air but it it is I needed to say look let's slow it down mm. because I've got so good at it, or I've become so great at attracting all this stuff 
But at the same time, I still have to be able to process and handle it. You know? Yeah. And if if you can't process it and handle it, that's the indicator of where you're stuck. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that, that's a really big, you know, that, that, that's where I need to, you know, it, it, I need to, let's just let all the stuff that we brought about here, let it level out. And, and you know, the job that I'm undertaking right now is going to be, uh, again, there's going to be a lot of work and and I'm excited about that work and I look forward to it, but there will be a lot of work. It just, I'm not going to manifest the work away. It's going to be there. It's, It's funny too. I'm just realizing what we, what we just said. The implication is if we find ourselves on a runaway train type of life, that's a form of being stuck. Yeah. Yeah, it goes. That, that's the thing. It goes in either direction. Yeah, it, to either extreme doesn't matter. Any of the extremes is being stuck, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. So you know, and and that and and so I I have there's several areas that I have called a timeout on, and and said let's let's let all this other stuff go. And now that I have this position, I need to do that and 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 get this stuff set moving forward, so I can really really just be amazed at what's out there, but. Because I, I do believe on the same thing, and I, I, I know that we've at times have had not necessarily disagreements, but maybe different views on this. Because I think that there is a um, each individual. Now, I don't think it's an exact purpose or an exact mission, but I think we develop a purpose and mission as we go in life. Yes. I think it's one of the things that happens. And, and when you learn how the law of attraction tunes into your mission and that's when you you know to me that's when you sort of get to the point okay now you got it figured out now you know now you have this and uh you know the the idea that if if it and i don't this would be the case but let's say if the whole point of life is we come to earth and our memories are erased we know nothing we have zero and we have to figure it out i think that's when you're getting close to having it figured out <laughs> yeah. Does that, does that make sense? It does no. make sense. I mean, you, you, what, what you're basically referring to is we, we were supposed to be talking about the secret, by the way, this week. And for people who are wondering why we're not talking about the secret and you know, carrying on with the, the second episode of that, we will be doing that next week. But just mentioning the secret for a minute, Neil Donald Walsh was one of the people who appeared in the secret, the author of Conversations with God. And that was his main point that he made in the movie and the book. Uh, for those who remember the movie, uh, there's the picture of the blackboard, and the blackboard says, is where there's supposed to be a phrase that says, Neil Donald Walsh, a handsome guy, and then there's a big line saying, here's what you're supposed to be doing in your life, Neil Donald Walsh, except that there's no blackboard in the sky. So his point is, your life is what you decide is, your purpose is what you decide it is. And that's right. literally what you just said. Yes. Yeah. And it... it you know the 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 concept that and and, and I'll say this in a uh, I hope there's no negative connotation to saying it but I'll, I'll be stating facts as I'm saying this I was born into a bunch of addiction in my life um, my uh, biological father was a compulsive gambler who killed himself uh, my biological gr- uh, maternal grandfather is a severe alcoholic that killed himself mm. uh, both. Uh, my biological dad's grandfather also was a severe alcoholic. It, my uncles are alcoholics. Uh, there's drug addicts. There's, 
it, it, I was born into one of the most addictive gene pools a person could be born into, looking at everybody involved. It's astonishing almost that you weren't an alcoholic, that you were a gambling right. addict instead. I mean, you, you broke right. the mold just by doing that. Right. It, well, I was so guarded against being an alcoholic that I think I've let the guard down on the yeah, other. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it – but with that being said – uh, and, and I can tell you horror stories of childhoods with the drunk people around me and all the stuff that we went through. Or I can say I, I grew up. I, I lived through addiction. I have a unique perspective of addiction. I have a unique perspective because not only did I become an, an addict, I, I saw it. I lived it. I watched all this stuff. So my purpose in in life has become to help addicts. And with the combination of of this new way of thinking in helping addicts, not a not a negative beat down, you know, destroy the addicts, uh, uh, what's left of their their self esteem. It's more of an uplifting, let's move them forward type thing. That's that's what I'm bringing to the table. So, it, did did I was that was I born into the mission or did I create the mission because that's what I saw? It's irrelevant to me. That's my mission, and it's clear. Which is cool. You yeah. Know, I, I just realized there's a question I never asked you that I probably should have asked, but I just never have. With all of your background, both – I mean you just very eloquently discussed the addiction side of it. You also have the, the tremendous therapeutic background because you combine the law of attraction with a traditional therapeutic practice and turn it into something that you know most therapists have never even heard of, let alone seen before. Based on and from that experience, from, from all that you've acquired experientially over the years – and looking at it from a law attractive law of attraction perspective, how at this point in your life would you define what addiction really is and what it takes to overcome addiction? Well, now, if you're going to ask the easy question, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I would. Uh, that was. Pro I'll give you my initial reaction. Okay. And um, it, it is, and it's probably going to be a lot more than this. But I, I, I think addiction is a lack of connection. I think addiction is, a, uh, a, it's, it usually starts with escaping, uh, it, escaping emotions of some sort. You practice addictive, addictive behavior, it lets you escape that emotion. And then in that process, you become disconnected. Uh, and, and I think recovery is simply connection, is reconnecting. Okay. Is, is and, and disconnection and reconnection from what? Uh, it, 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 and that, that becomes the, I, I think it's a connection from your, your, uh, whatever you view your inner soul, your, your God, your, your family. There could be a lot of things to me, uh, addiction, it distracts you from your emotional base. It takes you away from that. You disconnect from whatever it is, you know, a, a lot of religions call it your soul. It disconnects you from your soul and your, your, your true point in meaning in, in all of that. I, you know, one of the things that, that with that belief of, of what it is that it disconnects is, you know, it, you, you lose family, you lose uh, jobs, but it's more than that. It's a disconnection on a very deep level. And while you can stop a behavior, you can stop an addictive behavior until you address the disconnection internally, uh, that that's never going to really get better. So it's really not trite to say that addiction is disconnection from yourself. Yes, and it, it, it it's it's the one one of the uh, 
gentleman, I forget his name. He has a couple YouTube videos out and he, he, he's the one that, uh, he gave me the concept. I watched this and, and, and I, and I took it a little further, but you know, Dr. Master, who I mentioned earlier, this great psychiatrist, and he 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 asked him and I have talked frequently about theories, and he said in a different way. He said, you know, I said, what what type of uh, therapy works best for addicts? Is it, you know, is it DBT, CBT, you know, EDMR, any of these other? What what is it? There's all these techniques out there. Mm. And he said, Joel, it's not the technique, it's the person providing it. When you connect with your patient, they recover. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, indeed. And, yeah, and, and, and that, that is exactly what, you know, it, what it felt. He said, the problem is you, you, addiction keeps taking you. We do things in addiction. Anybody that has witnessed somebody go through horrible, we do things that literally separate us from being human beings at the time. Uh, it, it, it takes you away from your, your, your morals, your core values. It, it, it attacks. Boy, isn't and, that the truth? Because what's the very first thing that a human being does when they're trying to help somebody else who's dealing with addiction? The first thing that they do is they go inside their head and away from their heart. Yes, absolutely. And, and that, that's the thing that, that when you, when you start recovering and learning that connection is what takes place and, 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 learning how to connect. And, and I think people that have the hardest time are people that have been disconnected the longest and, and, and don't believe they can connect again. And, and it, it, it's, it's sort of replugging that back in and helping them. And that's where the law of attraction comes in. One of the things that I, I do, no matter how horrible the person's addiction has been or the behavior they ex exhibited during their addiction is I always compliment them and tell them their strengths as I see them. And one of the most uncomfortable moments is watching an early addict in recovery accept a compliment. Mm. Yeah, because that's definitely not part of their recent experience. They do not buy it on any level. They look at you like you're crazy. They, 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 they lose eye contact. They start crying. They do. They said that might be, be at one time. I said, no. I said, the problem is I said, you're not connected to be able to see that in you. I'm fully connected now, and I see it clearly. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm reminded of a story that you told, and I don't remember all the details of the story. It doesn't really matter. But it was a story you told of a young woman who uh, had uh, lost a boyfriend or I guess had broken up with a boyfriend a couple years before. And you basically – you didn't say it this way that we're saying it today, but you basically said this to her. And – she, her reaction was to get angry, jump up, and, and walk out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a huge reaction. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, <laughs> and it, 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 it fits perfectly what you're describing, how when, when someone is stuck and they've been stuck for a while and you put them face-to-face -face with that reconnection, it can be traumatic. Yes, yes. And it... it, it because when you're disconnected from your source or yourself or whatever term you want to use, the, the, you and I have a belief and, and we share many beliefs, but one of our, our beliefs is the, uh, the idea that uh, we are certainly energy. Our, our spirits or souls or whatever energy that have a life that, a life that goes on and we'll, we, we will 
outlive this. Uh, we, we will live forever in, in energy form. And, you know, I, and, and some people call that a soul. Some people call that going to heaven, whatever your beliefs are. That's, that's the belief for a lot of a lot of people. And, and so we know we live, we come here, we, we feel all this. And the more you, the disconnecting piece from that soul where you, where you feel helpless and my most helpless times in my life or when I felt, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I had lost that connection with that inner knowledge that there's something bigger than me or, or that energy was real. I lost connection with that energy. And I was just a singular, uh, uh, organic, not much hope person at that point, uh, and, and, and lost that inner light connection and that, or whatever that is. And I know when, now when I'm, I'm, I'm lit, I'm able to handle things. I'm able to live through things now in a lot different way because I am so thoroughly connected with that now. You know, you and I often talk about how when we do this show, it we, we love looking forward to it. We love actually doing it because of how it helps us ourselves in our own lives. And we love the idea that other people who are listening are hopefully gaining something from it as well. So it becomes a win-win-win kind of thing. But when we're doing our talking, like just now I'm experiencing it, it's like stuff that in my worst times doesn't seem to make sense all of a sudden makes sense. Yes. Yes. And I don't know how else to say that it's except that it, it just makes sense. And, and the goal from my perspective is to keep making sense 24 seven. Well, and, and that, and that's, I, I'm getting so much closer to that. And I feel that, I, I shared with you before the the uh, the first time that I heard the and this is why I love the book The Secret and you know I hear critical things about it often but I, I love the book in general and what it brought to the table with the law of attraction but and that was my introduction and the first time that I heard it I'm like this makes sense oh my God did this make sense this this now brings it all together the stuff I was hearing before did not connect it didn't hit home at all mm. and and so the the excitement the one of you know not only as we said that we do the show because we love it but i really believe that the the law of attraction is in a sense learning to develop and do things but learning to connect again it, it that's the answer i think so much more than addiction is that connecting with that energy that 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 vibrating as as the, as the Abraham Hicks crowd says or or whatever all that is it's, it's like you're saying when you're feeling that way some of the time it's great but when you can get to the point you're feeling that way all the time there's a scene in the movie the matrix which i love <laughs> that uh um, at, at at the moment that neo uh figures it all out and he's seeing the code in the screen and it doesn't he just puts his hand up and everything's calm and he stops the bullets and they fall to the ground and he just figured it out at that moment. Mm. They lost they lost all their power. Right. I I really feel there's there's that you, you come close to that moment where you just wake up and go I got this. And when I wake up every morning knowing no matter what life has to throw at me, even if something as tragic as losing my mom, I got it. I'm fine. It doesn't mean I'm not going to feel the other stuff. I'm still human, but I'm okay. And it's still going to keep coming. It's the positive stuff still going to keep coming. 
And uh, the show is going to keep coming, but just not this week because we're done. But join us again next week because we're going to get back into The Secret. We're going to continue to go through that book practically page by page. And, Joel, it's going to be great. Well, it's great to be back. I appreciate your support. I hope you have a great week. You do the same. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.